Welcome in Wednesday. I hope everybody's having a great Wednesday so far. Mike Steele, Parker Thune here in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Presented uh, in the opening hour, as always, by Lasher Home Comfort Systems. 405-579-3113. You need that AC tuned up there, the folks to get it done for you. 405-579-3113. We are moving closer. Two days, 22 hours, 55 minutes, and 53 seconds away from Oklahoma and Arkansas And there's a clock State. in the studio. He didn't know that off the top of his head, although I would what? love that yeah, if that were the case. Don't tell There is a clock in the studio. Don't let the audience know the magician's tricks. Come on, man. Of course I knew that. 35 seconds. See, that's now, the thing, Steely. You know so much that I just have to make it abundantly clear to the audience <laughs> yeah, that you right. don't know everything. <laughs> Our uh, countdown clock is sponsored by Chick-fil-A, your game day tailgate headquarters. Try the new honey pepper pimento chicken sandwich. You know who got the best NIL deal out of Chick-fil-A? TJ Perry. Perry. Did you hear T-Row? I'm the one who started this. I'm the one who made you eat pimento cheese, and now he's just getting freebies every morning. TJ Perry. I mean. They actually give him freebies? I think he's actually going to sign with Missouri now because, or commit to a Missouri radio station because they're offering more Chick-fil-A now uh, than the 12th Avenue location. Actually not, but bad attempt at a williams Winery joke there. My apologies. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Hey, by the way, Steely, I feel obligated to acknowledge this because I was gone when we actually hit the milestone, but our two-year work anniversary How about came that? and passed about a week and a half I'm ago. enjoying it. Are you enjoying it? I'm having a blast. The time of my life. Now I had the time of my life. Never felt this way before. And it's moments like that. I swear it's the truth. And I owe it all to Thune. Something like that. And it's moments like this. Come jump in my arms and I'll lift you in the air. What a wonderful decision I made (laughs) two plus years ago. Dirty Dancing is maybe the number one chick flick of all time. Right? It's up there. But you know what? That song's still pretty good. I sing it when it comes on. It won the Grammy for Song of the Year. So Did it? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Now, I see these are things I would not are know. Are we going to come back with that song now? Are we going to come back with that song? I I'll be honest should. with you, probably not. Come on. Unless the, there's the enough ladies, of a movement on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line to make it happen. The ladies will love it. They will love it, love it, love it. All right. Uh, so, we're going to have Eric Bailey on today at 135. We're doubling up on Eric Bailey. He was on uh, with... Uh, with Plank and Josh early this morning wow, around nine thirty, start cutting him a paycheck. I know, maybe he needs a honey pepper pimento chicken sandwich from uh, Chick Fil A. Twelfth Avenue can deliver all the way to Tulsa and get Eric Bailey taken. We'll care send of. him a case of Olipop. Yeah, there you go. That's a good idea. So he'll come up on the Riverwind Casino hotline a little bit later on at twelve thirty-five. Now the story yesterday really. One player, if you had to pick the biggest storyline of the depth chart reveal would be Tawi Walker. Again, Marcus Major was big. We we thought that Justin Harrington, you know, that uh, Teddy was talking about Justin Harrington. A lot of people were talking about Justin Harrington. He's going to start, and he is. But Tawi Walker, we'd heard good things, yes. But when you saw Marcus Major or Tawi Walker, that was the uh, that was the depth chart position that was in all caps with those two, right? You had a chance to visit with Tawi Walker yesterday at practice, and I loved what he had to say. Here's that conversation. All right, Tawi, co-starter 
for the 2023 season. How's that feel given your journey to come here? Feels great, man. It feels great to be here with my team, to walk out on there with my team. Last year was great, uh, soaking it all in with them, learning. It was a learning experience last year, and I feel like I uh, listened well and soaked it, in, soaked it all in and took advantage of my opportunity. So you talk about that learning experience. What do you think is the biggest thing you learned year one on campus that you took with you in a year two? Um, adapting to the fast pace of, of this conference. I'm coming from a JUCO, didn't learn too much, didn't play too fast. Um, I learned a lot from Eric Gray. He was a great second coach to me after DeMarco. DeMarco got on me tough. That was the hardest I ever got coached last year. So I had to adapt to that. When I got to adapt to that, uh, just made my play so much better. You, see, you feel like you're seeing the field better? Because obviously you haven't played running back all that long. You came out of high school as a safety. So uh, you feel like you're starting to experience field vision a little bit better than maybe you were a year ago at this time? Yes, well, actually, I played both in high school, but uh, yes, from coming from a JUCO, I didn't, just reading all the stuff, I didn't get to get taught from the best, like DeMarco Murray, I didn't get taught that at my JUCO, so that's just really a learning year. I get to see a whole bunch of stuff, learn from him and Eric Gray. Eric was a pro. He taught me a whole bunch of stuff, as well as DeMarco, so just learning from them, too, was great. I think I belonged here since I decided to go junior college. You just have to bet on yourself. Me, personally, you, just, I, you have to always think that you belong wherever you believe you belong. You just have to show, show that you're capable. There you go. That's our Ortho Central clip of the day with clinics in Norman and Midwest City. Now that Tri-City location, Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard, these full-service clinics uh, treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. I will say that Parker Thune is the best OU practice audio of the year. Thank you, sir. You took we a don't, stick we don't microphone. Settle, we don't settle for mule shoe quality around here. You took it, it's USC's press conference is some of the most amateur audio I've ever heard. I mean, come on, for the mecca of college football, I'm like, I was going to run a Lincoln Riley soundbite yesterday. And I thought, you know, I don't know that you could hear this on cable access. It's Clearly, so they can't recruit and engineer the likes of Drake Dykin. I get, yeah, I guess not. But you took your stick microphone out there and you put it up close to the players, and that's how you get good audio. None of this, you know what, I'm just going to be like five feet away and hope that they can hear the sound. Oh, there's a lawnmower in the background, and you get 60% player and 40% lawnmower. So I want to applaud you for being a professional and getting the best, clearest sounding OU players audio of the year. Now, you know, Eddie's pretty good, but I think that that right there, that's five-star plus right there. Cherokee Sooner says, some are saying it's the best practice audio in the history of college football. I, it, might, it could very well be, Cherokee. It could very well be. Good stuff. All right, and uh, let's hear from Jalil Farouk, who uh, also had this to say. This is from another outlet. Uh, <laughs> and he says that, hey, Tommy Walker earned his place. I wasn't surprised at all. Tawi's my dog. He brings it every day. Uh, he's one of the guys that deserve to be out there 24-7. The practice, he showcases it. He doesn't cut no slack. He running through people 24-7. That's a dog. He's a dog for sure. You haven't had to tackle him, but he looks difficult to tackle. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I could bring him down. You know, that's my guy. But <laughs> you feel me? But, yeah, he's one of the guys. That's, he's not going to. The first guy's never taken him down. So he's going to need to hold all 11. There you go. Going to need all 11, Arkansas State. All 11 against Tawi Walker, who will run for 300 yards on Saturday. Maybe. Probably not. But uh, it is a great story. It really is. By the way, uh, did you notice that was maybe high double-A, triple-A audio as compared to Parker's 
First Ballot Hall of Fame Major League Audio. There's a gleam, men. There's a gleam. We're getting better audio. OU Insider. Very nice with the stick microphone. All right, uh, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. All right, Parker, in the preseason, you know, every defensive player is Lawrence Taylor. <clears throat> Pardon me, my voice is cracking big time today. Every offensive player is Jim Brown. Every kicker is uh, Justin Tucker. Wait, no, he's a Longhorn. Every kicker is uh, Jan Stinnerud, and every punter is Ray Guy. Because everybody gets hyped up during the preseason. But legitimately, how are you feeling about this Oklahoma football team? We know they'll destroy Arkansas State on Saturday. But do you legit feel like this is going to be a big bounce back year for OU? Yes, I do. And I've believed that for quite a while now. It wasn't hard. Really, ever since you saw the schedule release to figure, okay, Regardless of how much improvement Oklahoma makes from 22 to 23, if there is any measurable improvement, they're probably going to go from at least a six-win team to a nine- or ten-win team because they got a very easy draw. They dodged Texas Tech. They dodged Kansas State. They dodged Baylor. Three of their losses from a season ago, three football teams that are going to be capable of giving anybody in the Big 12 a run for their money this season. So the schedule is set up very well for Oklahoma to rebound in a big way. And I think knowing what we know and hearing some some of the things we've heard out of fall camp about not only the performances of some individuals, but just how much better this team is gelling on both sides of the football and how much more aware the players across the board are of what they need to do on any given play in any given moment. I, Jaron Kanick, and I don't know if you clipped it, but... I did. Okay, there you go. We'll hear from Jaron Kanick a bit later on, on that very topic, because uh, I asked Jaron Kanick last night what the difference is between where this team was on August 29th, 2022, and where they were last night on August 29th, 2023, which is a question that I've been asking in various forms to pretty much anybody we've had the chance to interview ever since Big 12 Media Days, but... It does feel like there has been a corner turned. Now, does that mean Oklahoma is going to go undefeated and make a run to the college football playoff? No, I'm not saying that. But this is a team that's going to get back to its winning ways in 2023. Travis Davidson just uh, texted and said, that audio was so good, I thought Tawi Walker was in studio. So Parker and his stick mic, his big stick, are impressing people out <laughs> oh, no. there, at, you uh, went there at Media Day. <laughs> at the uh, practice sessions, at, well, you know, something. All right, yes, and here is the audio we'll play later. It is labeled Jaron Canick. Sooners are better equipped to run Brent's defense. You think anybody's going to outwork the old man uh, getting these clips? I don't I'd, think so. I wouldn't count on it. Maybe Tyler McComas, he's right there. He's Tyler's a workhorse, too. Every, I mean, everybody is here, but you know what I'm saying. All right. We're like Kansas State. Just a bunch we of blue-collar grinders. We just outwork people. And I will pick up a third and 16, too, just like Adrian Martinez last year. Still a nightmare, by the way. All right, we're going to break right here. Steel Man and Thune underway here on your Wednesday here on the Homo Suter Fans. We are going to come back with the, the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, by the way. I think that's been decided. The text line wants it, too. We'll be right back here on The Ref. Uh, I just lifted uh, Parker up above the floor 
Very impressive. Nearly passed out. I don't care what anybody says. That's a good song. It's a good song. It won the Grammy. Yes, it's from a chick flick, but, you know. In fact, I'd like to hear the rest of it. No, we can't do that, though. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Mike Steely Parker Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans for a Wednesday. Can't wait for Saturday, our pregame show beginning at 7 a.m. at Balfour of Norman. And uh, we will be at Boyd Street Ventures as well. And then afterwards at O'Connell's, the legendary O'Connell's right there with Jeff Stewart and company on the campus corner. So can't wait for uh, the first Sooner Saturday of the season. All right. um, What is the latest on Dominic McKinley? Has anything changed? He is making his decision this Friday. It looked like Texas has been leading for a while you got a little more uh, information that Oklahoma was making headway. Texas A&M may be more of a, a problem than Texas. What's the latest on McKinley? It's starting to feel a lot like the Jaden Jackson recruitment, Steely, in that there's a vibe here, and the vibe is Oklahoma, but there's nothing that would make you completely certain of that. And who knows, maybe, because I, I believe it was probably – not more than 24, 30 hours before Jaden Jackson made his announcement that uh, we all realized, oh, whoa, this is going to be Oklahoma after all. And so maybe by tomorrow we have some sort of confirmation in that regard that Oklahoma is in the driver's seat to land Dominic McKinley. But as of right now, uh, nothing much has changed since yesterday. It's Oklahoma and it's Texas A&M that are engaged in a heated battle down the stretch, much as it was OU in Texas for Jaden Jackson. Right around, what, a month and a half ago for his services? And so right now it it looks like Texas is out of the picture or at the very least running third behind OU and A&M. And it's the Sooners and the Aggies that are doing battle for the five-star defensive linemen out of the state of Louisiana. And, man, it's it's closing time. It Semi-Sonic. Is See, there's another shot. song. All right, closing time into the break, Semi-Sonic. Okay, there you go. fine. Um, Mama McKinley likes OU too, right? And Mama McKinley likes OU, and that's the big thing for me, is it's closing time, and in order to close, you really got to solidify the fact that, well, you, you really just got to make it clear to Mom that there is no place but Oklahoma for her son. And... It is a full-court press right now. Michael Hawkins, I was told, was talking to Don McKinley late into last night. David Stone has been active in that recruiting process as well. Uh, Nigel Smith and McKinley have a relationship, which, again, I would be shocked if Nigel Smith isn't a Sooner next Friday. But, man, everybody, everybody is engaged in making sure that Dominic McKinley picks Oklahoma on Friday. That so, is, uh, is good news to Sooner fans because we saw David Stone immediately reaching out after he committed last Saturday. And, uh, again, as you said, Nigel Smith, who most everybody believes is going to end up at Oklahoma, will be making his decision Friday, September 8th. This Friday it's Dominic McKinley. And uh, do you believe a lot of this is – you know, a wave of momentum from David Stone committing or other Momentum helps. Momentum helps. And that's why, you know, I said it yesterday, and it's worth reiterating. If you can pull off Dominic McKinley, man, it just makes it 
that much harder for Williams and Winnery to stick with Missouri. Because obviously there's already a lot of love for Oklahoma there. He hasn't shut the door on his recruitment completely. In fact, I I didn't realize it at the time because obviously I was in Hawaii, but he gave those quotes to Sports Illustrated where he said, I'm, I'm going to let things play out. Got a real good relationship with Oklahoma. And so, man, if you lock down McKinley and you add him to a group that already includes David Stone and Jaden Jackson and Wyatt Gilmore and potentially down the road, a Danny Okoye, for instance. Do you want to be a big fish in a little pond at Missouri? Maybe. Or do you want to come potentially play for a championship on what is undeniably a championship defensive line at Oklahoma, in addition to all of the other connections and all the other reasons why Oklahoma were to make sense and did make sense and does make sense for Nguyenary? That would define SEC ready. That group right there, if they could get that group. And they're already moving in the right direction there. And think about this. Let's say they get McKinley Friday. Uh, Taylor Tatum's a five-star. David Stone's a five-star. You know, Devon Mitchell, I think, is going to be unbelievable at tight end, too. This kid looks crazy good. And I know he lost his fifth star when he, you know, jumped in to the uh, 2024 class. But, and let's say somehow you get Winnery to flip. I mean, that would be seven five-stars in a two-year period. How many five-stars did freaking Muleshoe bring to OU during his entire tenure? We'd have to count those up. I can tell you. Okay. Caleb you're talking, Williams. Oh, you're talking total or defensive? I'm talking total. Total five-stars in the Muleshoe era. While he was five. head coach. Five. There were five of them. Caleb Williams, okay. Ray Walker, Theo Weiss, All right. Spencer Rattler, and Jaden Hazelwood, those five. So Brent's already, Brent has already uh, equaled that right now. Now yes. you've got to sign Stone and you've got to sign Taylor Tatum, but that, that looks like a formality with Brent's uh, recruiting philosophy and the way he goes about, you know, if you're committed to us, you're really committed. So uh, from the 918, by the way, uh, when Ari said Georgia was his number two, correct? Yep, he said that. See, that to me, when he said that, that was very, like, "Mm, what? Okay. I don't see him wearing Georgia gloves, and I know people can say, well, you know, matches the whatever, okay. I still think Oklahoma has a shot there. Longhorns Wire says Dominic McKinley is leaning towards Texas. Well, that just makes me feel even better. What is the name of the site again? Longhorns Wire. And I don't even I, I don't know that there is a site out there that is more out of touch than Longhorns Wire. And yes, that includes inside Texas. Well, Remember, we'll Longhorns Wire brought you such hits as the June thirtieth headline, Oklahoma football recruiting is in a world of hurt last <laughs> year. Yeah. Yep. All right, uh, what else do we have on the uh, Kadippelmeyer Chevrolet text line? Todd Bates' nemesis says he had four or five stars in 2019. It depends on what Bridge, you go Is that off. with Bridges? Because I, I believe there was a recruiting service, and I can't recall which one, that categorized Trajan Bridges as a five-star. I just go off the industry composite because that is the sum of the industry's feelings about a particular recruit. And as far as the composite goes – the Sooners had five five stars in the Mule Shoe era. 
Yeah. The, I do remember, though, that there were some services who had Bridges as a five-star because I can remember the Sooners got three five-star wide receivers in that class. But you're saying when you look at the uh, cumulative uh, rankings that Bridges just missed out on a fifth-star. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I can, you know, I kind of look at McKinley as just like an added bonus because I don't think many people thought McKinley was coming to Oklahoma. I don't think people thought OU was out on Dominic McKinley, but they certainly didn't appear to be on the lead lap for a while. So Dean Choctaw says you can't count Tatum as a five-star and not count Bridges and Buki. That's a little homerish. No, it's not, Dean Choctaw. I'm just saying I'm going off the industry composite. The industry composite says that Taylor Tatum is a five-star and that Trajan Bridges and Brendan Radley-Hiles were not five-stars. There you go, D. Right there. Face palm. Appreciate your text, though. Thank you very much. 405-651-3439. All right, we've got Eric Bailey coming up at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. I'm just messing with you, D. You know we love you. Thank you. Uh, 405-651-3439. It is closing time on uh, Dominic McKinley. Can the Sooners close it? Um, if you missed it yesterday, what Parker said about how this would be the biggest win for Todd Bates if OU can get McKinley Friday, we'll talk about why he feels that way when we get back right here on The Ref. The one, the only, Riverwind Casino, simply the best. The best games, electronic games, nearly 3,000, best bars and dining, best hotel, best service, all your favorite table games as well, including a giant and a great poker room. High stakes area, new member seven. You can earn up to $450 in one day by getting yourself a Riverwind wild card. They always have the best promotions as well. And we've got concerts again. Uh, They're back, and they've been back for a while now at the Showplace Theater, which is uh, just amazing. Of course, if you haven't been out to that concert venue, you're missing out. And we've had some good shows. Earth, Wind, and Fire got us started. We had Collective Soul, Josh Turner. the comedy of Gabriel Iglesias, Dwight Yoakam, Counting Crows, still to come, REO Speedwagon, September 8th, Chicago, September 15th, Foreigner, early October, October 6th, and then uh, Carly Pierce, October 14th. Also, Rodney Carrington with a couple shows. Aaron Lewis will have a show, Flatland Cavalry, Boys to Men, always some great shows out at the Showplace Theater, and one more Beats and Bites show. Yeah, the summer Beats and Bites season is over, but mark down. The date of October 22nd, the Gin Blossoms, Tonic, and Wakeland will be on the Beats and Bites stage, the Coupe Ale Works Beats and Bites stage, October 22nd. Tickets for Beats and Bites shows with all those great food trucks, arts and crafts, games for the kids. Uh, you know, it's a great, great time watching a great uh, show, hearing some great music under the stars. And tickets are only 10 bucks. Kids under 12 get in free. Get your tickets at Riverwind.com or at the Riverwind Casino box office right there in front of the Showplace Theater. Okay, so you were saying again, uh, David Stone has always been the cornerstone of this class. Pardon the bad pun. But uh, he's a kid you really needed to get if you're headed to the SEC and you need, you need to be better at the line of scrimmage on particularly the defensive side of the football. We know that. And it was a big win, a huge, colossal win for Todd Bates. But you were saying that if the Sooners get a commitment from Dominic McKinley Friday, another five-star defensive lineman, this really would be a more impressive win for Todd Bates. And your reasoning is? 
Well, I was, and I remember after reporting Tuesday night that Oklahoma had made a big surge for McKinley and it was them and A&M, I was up late that night having a conversation with Travis Davidson. And so I'll give him partial credit for this sentiment. But look, I, I, I think it's easy for most to understand why McKinley's addition would be so big, and that is because there are no ancillary ties to Oklahoma for that guy. If he chooses Oklahoma, it is because he loves everything about Brent Venables and Todd Bates and the Oklahoma program as a whole, the culture they are building therein. It's not as if he grew up a diehard Sooner fan or he's 20 miles down the road like David Stone. If Dominic McKinley picks Oklahoma, that flat out is a win on the recruiting trail for Oklahoma. And I feel as though there are those that have been hesitant to give Todd Bates his flowers for the commitment of David Stone. That's because I I feel like many don't really see that as a true win for Oklahoma. It, it it's was almost an like, easy putt, yeah, right? They, it's they, an easy putt. Almost like they should have gotten that kid. You know, and to be fair, there's some truth to that. Dominic McKinley is not a guy that on paper, if you knew nothing about the kid's recruitment and you tried to figure out, okay, where's this kid going to school? There is nothing there on paper that would suggest, okay, yep, Oklahoma makes sense for Dominic McKinley. But here comes Todd Bates and Brent Venables and the Oklahoma staff. They hosted the kid on an unofficial. They brought him back for an OV in mid-June, and they've quietly been a player here. Uh, I I wouldn't have called them the le- and I would I call them the leader at this point I think based on some of the things I've heard this morning yes for the first time I would probably say Oklahoma has a slight edge for McKinley heading into Friday am I confident enough to put in a prediction no because I still think this is a very fluid situation one that is subject to change but it feels like Oklahoma has gained the upper hand here even if only slightly and if they do come through here. And if McKinley is a Sooner on Friday, you cannot explain away Todd Bates' excellence as a recruiter. You simply have to give it up to the man. No doubt. And uh, by the way, speaking of fluidity, just consider the David Stone situation. He said until 3 o'clock Saturday it was Miami. And then the closing call came from Todd Bates who closed the deal. And by the way, David Stone was not some tap-in putt for Oklahoma. He moved out to Florida to IMG. In this era of NIL, did the Sooners still have an edge? Yeah, they had they had an edge. But, again, in the NIL area, when you're competing against someone like Miami, who's been throwing money around, uh, and, you know, I'm not a big fan of Miami, the city. Sure, it's, you know, the beach is nice, South Beach and all that stuff. But it's also, the, uh, it's also a very tawdry place, in my opinion. Uh, but... Uh, so I don't think that was some kind of tap in or short putt. Now, it wasn't some 40-foot triple breaker at Augusta, but it was still a big win for Todd Bates. But I, I totally get what you're saying on McKinley. And uh, I also get what you're saying because these things change so rapidly now. Like I said, David Stone, <laughs> thank goodness Todd Bates decided, you know, should we make one more call to David? Yeah, why not? You know, then I think that uh, that's huge. 
All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Real quick, before we go to the text line, talking about Jaron Canick. Now, this is uh, high-quality audio from Parker's Stick, all right, from practice yesterday. It's brand-new Stick microphone. Jaron Canick, Sooner fans, uh, were excited about him last year. Athletically, again, didn't really play much on the defensive side of the ball in high school, right? Uh, we saw, you know, his highlight film when he ran over, like, you know, eight guys on the way to a touchdown there in Kansas. But uh, they've been excited about him in linebacker. He showed flashes last year. He was great in the Nebraska game. But, you know, still was trying to learn that offense, or that defense, rather. And uh, Canick said yesterday the Sooners are definitely better equipped now to run Brent's defense. I think last year we, we were kind of more like a like a survival. Like everything was – there was a little – it was a lot. We're trying to learn the defense. We're trying to, you know, get all this new stuff and, like – we, we, we had to take like a second to think, oh, what, what do I got on this? What are this? So like this year we have that foundation. We know what the hell's going on. So it's, it's more of an attack mindset. Like we know what we're supposed to do. We know how to do it. So let's go do it. Last year was like, okay, we kind of get that. We kind of know. Yeah, we got, I think I remember that from one time from an install or something. But now it's like we got it down. We know it. That's our standard. Let's go run it, execute it, and attack it. We're very excited about where this is going and, you know, just where we are compared to a year ago and, you know, physically and, and mentally and where our depth is. And it's just we're, there's, we're very excited about it. We're excited to go out there and go to work and, and execute and, you know, show off what, all the work we've put in in the off season. There you go. There you go. And how about that audio? That's very nice. By the way, that's that's not a brand-new stick either. That's actually an old stick. Well, it works. Thing is over five years old. Well, you know what? It's, it's working like a charm. Keep using it. All right, let's get to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. From the 918, as OU adds to the D-line, the pitch to Winery is simple. Go to Mizzou, and you'll be a first-round pick. Go to OU, and you'll be another Will Anderson. I like that sentiment. That's that's pretty well put. Well, also, look, let's let's be completely honest with ourselves here. Is Williams Winery a good enough physical specimen that he can be a high-round NFL draft pick pretty much anywhere he goes? Yes. But is there a difference between high first-round money and low first-round money? Yes, there absolutely is. And also, I imagine it's a lot more fun to win a bunch of games at the collegiate level while you're putting yourself in first-round position than floundering on a mediocre team. And so... If Oklahoma can not only sell Winery on the development angle, but also the opportunity to actually compete and win at an elite level, then that's where they're going to start to turn the tide. From the 615, I am envisioning Parker reminding us to have our pets spayed and neutered with his big, long stick. Yes, Rip Bob Barker, by the way. Rip Bob Barker. Les in Hayes, Kansas. Great audio. Don't you love Canick? He talks as fast as he runs. Uh, so, again, uh, good stuff from uh, yesterday. And I'm ready to kick this thing off. Now, how much will we learn from the Arkansas State game? I don't know how much we'll learn. We'll learn a lot more in week two. SMU has a better roster. And SMU will be able to, you know, challenge that Oklahoma defense, I think. Um, but this weekend, it's all about just getting out there, enjoying game day, getting the season kicked off. And uh, – my number one priority is to see a lot of Jackson Arnold. That's it. Scary Gary on the text line says, My favorite tweet from this week is from Boomer Beamer. The cool thing about going from Riley to Venables is that with Riley, we'd get, we'd get five-star quarterbacks. 
Whereas with Venables, we still get five-star quarterbacks, but also five-star safeties and edges and interior defensive linemen. That's true. So far, man, it's been impressive. It's been very impressive. And again, uh, like I said, this if this news comes out Friday and Dominic McKinley picks Oklahoma, you talk about another huge victory, <laughs> that will be unbelievable. Okay, uh, we've got more texts coming up and appreciate all the texts we have today. Another record-setting day on the app yesterday. We had set the previous record last week with over 50,000. Yesterday, we got up nearly to 52. So uh, if they like your content, they'll find you, and apparently a lot of people do, and we appreciate that very much. We like you guys, too. 405-651-3439. Let's keep those texts rolling in. We'll get to as many as we can when we get back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune here in the Buffalo Wild Wing studio on a Wednesday. Moving closer to the real kickoff for the Sooners on Saturday, 11 a.m. against Arkansas State. 7 a.m. pregame, Balfour of Norman, Boyd Street Ventures postgame at O'Connell's. Coming right back here on the ref. We are back on a Wednesday. It's Mike Steely with Parker Thune, Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Wednesday. Pregame show, 7 a.m. Saturday, Campus Corner, Balfour of Norman, and at Boyd Street Ventures before the game. And then afterwards at the legendary O'Connell's right there, all on Campus Corner. Be there or be square. Are there still squares out there? Squares are kind of the old nerds. Did nerds come before squares or did the squares come before nerds? I had no idea a square in that sense was even a thing, so it must precede me. I mean, you're kind of a cool square. You know, because you, uh, you know, you you don't take part in any illicit activities. That you know of, at least. You lack street cred in that department, but you've got a lot of cred everywhere else. I could be a mid-20s Walter White, for all you know. You never, you've got, uh, so out somewhere near Lake Thunderbird, you've got a Winnebago out there and a partner cooking meth is what you're telling me. I don't think so. I don't think so. No, you're, you are, it's hip to be square. Huey Lewis said that back in the day, right? All right, 405-651-3439. I think maybe, I think the squares came before the nerds. A square would have been in the 50s like Richie Cunningham on Happy Days. Blacktop Billy, I think you answered the question. The nerds really came along with the rise of computers and technology. The squares were just square Way back in the day when it wasn't hip to be square. That's right. They call people squares on happy days. You guys are right. Thank you. See, you answer all the questions for me. Thank you very much. Okay. uh, Let's get back to the Knibble-Meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Guy from Catoosa says, how did mule shoes evals and development go with his five stars? And you know what? The two five stars that are showing some success, Caleb and Rattler, mule shoe has nothing to do with it. Rattler is thriving better without him, and Caleb would have been great at any college in the country. Sorry for the nonsense. You mentioned Mule Shoe, and I got a little fired up. That's a man after Steely's own heart right there. They have uh, Nevada Saturday. By the way, are you ready for uh, Florida-Utah tomorrow night, 7 o'clock on ESPN? And then Nebraska at Minnesota, Matt Rule versus P.J. Fleck. I do not like P.J. Fleck. I think he's phony. Really? 7 o'clock on Fox tomorrow night. How about Eric Gilbert? How's he doing? 
Uh, Is he currently incarcerated, or did they let him out? I don't know. He may be playing for the Mean Machine soon. That dude, he's he's on, like, strike five. And he took a massive swing and a miss. Well, he, more accurately, he took a swing with a cinder block into the glass door of a vape shop. Not good. Not good. No, not good at all. By the way, this is a hilarious text from Sean. Attend an OU press conference. Squares are alive and multiply. <laughs> <laughs> now we got to play hip to be square. Into the break. Frisco Sooner says, the problem I have with these recruiting services is this. How the hell can a kid be the number one running back in the nation and not be considered a five-star? I mean, I'm sorry, but that makes zero sense to me and to me just compromises their credibility. Well, here's the deal, Frisco Sooner. Uh, The number one player at a given position isn't guaranteed to be a five-star because basically the way that the recruiting world does it is they will have – 32 to 36 five stars every year, regardless of position, right? If you have 32 to 36 quarterbacks that the recruiting industry all believes is going to be a first round draft pick one day, those guys will all be five stars, right? So it it isn't really allocated by position as much. So it is simply used to distinguish the best of the best football players in the entire nation. So the reason 32 is, is kind of the number that a lot of these services shoot for when they assign the five-star labels is because there are 32 picks in the first round of the NFL draft because there are 32 NFL teams. So they're basically projecting, in a way, who is going to be a first-round NFL draft pick. That is the goal. The goal is to peg first-round draft picks. And so... What what it means when you see a player like Taylor Tatum considered the number one running back in the country, but according to some services, not designated as a five-star, they're saying, well, it's, it's no knock on him, but there are 32 football players, not necessarily running backs, in his same classification that we believe are more likely to be picked in the first round one day. So hopefully that sheds some light on it for you. All right, 405-651-3439. We've got some of these texts that are rolling in that we've already read Uh, on the squares. Mark from Enid simply says, love y'all's show. Google says, if you are a square, you are an organized, logical, and hardworking person who likes structure and rules. I always thought a square was just someone that was lame. So they were nerds when you were in school, Steely? Uh... I think they were geeks back in my day. <laughs> that makes sense. The geeks don't want no freaks. No, that was the Eagle song. The Greeks don't want no freaks. Yeah, that's it. From the Mark, nine- we love you too, by the way. From a 918 listener. If BV wants them, I don't care how many stars they have. Uh, Camo Sooner asks, does anybody get called dweeb anymore? I don't know, but dweeb is another one of those words that should come back. You know what else? Pipsqueak. <laughs> Dweebs and pipsqueaks. Pipsqueak. Who is a pipsqueak? Who is a notable pipsqueak? I don't know. Who would be a pipsqueak? Hmm. I don't is think it simply have... a person who is small and puny in stature? I think so. Maybe Drake Dykins a pipsqueak? What do you think? Is Drake a pipsqueak? No, no. That well, pipsqueak sounds saying... derogatory. Drake is shorter in stature, but I would not call him a pipsqueak. Pipsqueak meaning definition of the pipsqueak is a person considered to be insignificant, especially because they're small <laughs> or young. 
Drake, my apologies. You are not insignificant. You're very significant. Very significant. Extremely. Clark Stroud is a pipsqueak. Yeah, I can run with that. There you go. Florida Sooner says they were dorks in my day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We got like five Clark Strouds right off the bat on the pipsqueak. You knew that's who everybody was kind of going to single out. Maybe. Maybe. Anytime there's a new word that gets mentioned on this show in that vein, dork, dweeb, square, pipsqueak, etc., Clark See, Stroud is going to be the one that gets that label thrown. I wonder on. if that's been used like in any throwdown. Like, listen, you freaking pipsqueak. You know, I doubt it, but probably at some point it was. So, we're we're trying to bring back words and eliminate words. Here is what we're trying to do as well. We're we're teaching you how to lead a better life. Is what we're doing here on uh, Steel Man and Thumb. Okay, we got to get out of here for hour number one, award-winning OAB. We will put that first hour in a time capsule for you and send it in your direction, hopefully for many honors, many, many, many honors. Maybe not. Okay, good stuff on the text line as usual. You guys ready? We've got a question we're going to throw out to you. For hour number two on the text line, we also have the incredible Eric Bailey, the nicest man in the Oklahoma media, also a fine writer and reporter on the Sooners Beat. He's close to the dean now of Sooners Beat reporters. Coming up at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, stay here. We actually get paid to talk, believe it or not. All right, based on the uh, quality of my performance today, it should definitely be minimum wage. But uh, remember the episode of the Brady Bunch where uh, Peter Brady was going through uh, puberty? Uh, I've got the crackling and voice he, thing working yeah, his today. his voice would crack. Must be allergies. It was, when it's time to change. 405-651-3439, our second hour, presented by OklahomaGenerator.com. Go to OKGen.com, Oklahoma Generator, OKGen.com. Call 405-321-6631, Oklahoma's highest rated and longest operating Generac dealer, and they have a great service and sales staff currently offering new customer discounts and a free 10-year warranty with new installations Oklahoma Generator, OKGen.com, the phone number 405-321-6631. Yeah, I thought I might need a generator earlier this morning. I'm getting ready and kind of preparing for the show and doing some stuff for my stream as well in the morning that I'll do use later today. And we had one of those power flashes. Everything went off. And it was only about one second, but knocked the Wi-Fi out. My wife works from home. Shay's trying to get the Wi-Fi back. I've got this unit I paid a bunch of money for for streaming to make sure that, you know, uh, I get a high-quality stream every day. That that system went off. Finally, I finally talked to Shay later, and it came back on about 30 minutes after I left, but I was freaking out. I was about to call 405-321-6631 to uh, Oklahoma Generator. Okay, 405-651-3439. Uh, question, we have Eric Bailey coming up at 135, Riverwind Casino Hotline. Give me two bold predictions for Saturday concerning OU football. The text line has already given us two notable pipsqueaks. Okay. Brecken Hager mm-hmm. and Paul Feinbaum. Brecken Hager. What? That, 
literally, there should be a tombstone for Brecken Hager. Where was it, like the 45-yard line or something where he was buried? Was it Drew Samia and I think the entire offensive line? Who was the, the one player that just laid on the dude and just kept grinding? You know, not in, the, not in that kind of way. You know what I'm saying. Just was burying him in the ground. And this was a few weeks after, you know, uh, didn't Brecken Hager say in some postgame show that OU, OU sucks, they have no defense or whatever. Um, and they, that offensive line was so elite on that squad. Old Brecken Hager. Yes, he got throttled, says the 918. He absolutely did get throttled. Okay, 405-651-3439. And again, uh, two bold predictions for Saturday, the Oklahoma football game. It could be a bold prediction even about your tailgate. Two bold predictions for this Sooner football Saturday. Two of them. Our pregame show begins at 7 a.m. on Saturday. Balfour Norman, Campus Corner. Boyd Street Ventures, Campus Corner. And then afterwards, that's our pregame lineup from 7 to 10 at Balfour and at Boyd Street Ventures. Postgame, O'Connell's, the legendary O'Connell's. I mean, I've had a lot of experience over the years with O'Connell's. Good experience? Very good experiences, yes. Drinking the green beer, even, uh, well, in our senior year, we went over there and cut class and had green beer, of course. We did the stupid things that kids do. But, I mean, it was Green Beer Day, so you had to get over there. So, anyway. All right. Uh, anything stand out to you yesterday in the player interviews? By the way, I know that you uh, – let's play your Tawi Walker conversation one more time. Just because of the audio quality? Not only that, but just in case people missed it during hour number one, because I thought it was a really good conversation. The audio quality with Parker's big stick uh, was very good. And uh, here is a – Fine conversation with a guy who is listed as a starter, Marcus Major or Tawi Walker yesterday. A really great story, by the way. And here's Parker with Tawi Walker yesterday. All right, Tawi, co-starter for the 2023 season. How's that feel given your journey to come here? Feels great, man. It feels great to be here with my team, to walk out on there with my team. Last year was great, uh, soaking it all in with them, learning. It was a learning experience last year, and I feel like I uh, listened well and soaked it, in, soaked it all in and took advantage of my opportunity. So you talk about that learning experience. What do you think is the biggest thing you learned year one on campus that you took with you into year two? Um, adapting to the fast pace of, of this conference. I'm coming from a JUCO. Didn't learn too much. Didn't play too fast. Um, I learned a lot from Eric Gray. He was a great second coach to me after DeMarco. DeMarco got on me tough. That was the hardest I ever got coached last year. So I had to adapt to that. When I got to adapt to that, uh, just – made my play so much better you, see, you feel like you're seeing the field better because obviously you haven't played running back all that long you came out of high school as a safety so uh you feel like you're starting to experience field vision a little bit better than maybe you were a year ago at this time yes well actually I played both in high school but uh yes from coming from a juco I didn't just reading all the stuff I didn't get to get taught from the best like DeMarco Murray I didn't get taught that at my juco so that's just really a learning I get to see a whole bunch of stuff learn from him and Eric Gray Eric was a pro he taught me a whole bunch of stuff as well as DeMarco so just learning from them too was great I think I belonged here since I decided to go junior college you just have to bet on yourself me personally you just I, you have to always think that you belong wherever you believe you belong you just have to show show that you're capable there you go Tommy Walker with uh, Parker and the reporters yesterday speaking of reporters we'll have Eric Bailey on at 135 on the Riverwind Casino text line anything else stand out yesterday in the player conversations to you 
Man, I'm trying to think. Who all did I get the chance to talk to? Woody? Uh, was there with Tawi. Got the Stoops. chance to talk to. No, uh, neither of those guys. Bothroyd? Uh, didn't talk to Bothroyd either. I, I, it was Jalil Farouk and it was Jaron Kanick. Those were the other yeah. two. Um, I, I did ask Jalil Farouk, and this is maybe where I would gravitate towards in response to that question. I did ask Jalil Farouk, hey, who stands out to you in terms of I really just the guys that have given you trouble on the practice field because Brent Venables came out and said yesterday that there's an ongoing battle for that second cornerback spot and that Gentry Williams is listed as the starter, but that he hasn't necessarily won the job. And so I wanted to get some clarity on that. I asked a little, Hey, are there any of those corners that have given you problems on the practice field guys that have made the going tough on you? And the first guy he referenced was Gentry Williams. And so uh, he later added some comments about Josiah Wagner as well. And it's really it, it was those two down the stretch that were battling for that starting job. And so to hear a starting wideout in Oklahoma's offense kind of validate some of the things that we'd heard behind the scenes and obviously the coaching staff uh, listing both Gentry and Josiah on the two deep there at cornerback, it's pretty evident that those two have put themselves in the best position throughout the fall to occupy that other role opposite Woody Washington. What's going on with Brennan Thompson, by the way? What's going on with him? Yeah. I mean, uh, we haven't heard a lot. I know, you know, he was in an injury situation, clearly, for a while. You know, uh, great speed guy, no doubt about it. But we haven't heard a lot there. What's, yeah, what do you well, think's happening? And look, he's, he's a gadget guy right now. And maybe a guy that contributes in the return game. But he is so small. And that's really my apprehension with Brennan Thompson. I think part of the reason why you don't see him on the depth chart anywhere is because he has to bulk up. He is, what, 158 pounds on the most recent release of the roster? So, What happened with the Texas weight program? Well, again. They got Benny Wiley over there? Benny Wiley Jr. over there now or what? I've said this before. And the statistic is that Texas has signed 17 blue-chip offensive linemen, I believe, over the last 12, 13 years. None of them have made the NFL. So that right there tells you that there is a strength and conditioning issue at Texas. Their offensive linemen are not big, strong, and fast enough to get to the next level. And that's something that had been reiterated to me by several sources already with knowledge of the inner workings of that program. They said, look – Texas is working at efficiency right now with their strength and conditioning, and it's not where it needs to be. That culture in the weight room is not where it needs to be. And so Brennan Thompson coming from Texas to Jerry Schmidt's regime at Oklahoma, there's going to be not necessarily a barrier to entry, but a curve there. And until he gets himself up to, I would say, 170 pounds, I don't really know whether he's going to be that frequently utilized in the offense or in the return game because, again, he's just so small, so slight. All right, uh, 405-651-3439, two bold predictions uh, for this Sooner Saturday, and uh, here we go. Thompson has been hurt some, yes. We referenced that, but – And that's, again, like you're not – you're slight. You're going to have durability Mm -hmm. issues. Yeah. All right, uh, here we go. From the 405, OU will hold Arkansas State to 500 yards of offense, which will be an improvement. Well, that's kind of a doomer take. That is. 
That is a Doomer take. From the 918, three different wideouts and three different running backs score a touchdown hmm. Saturday. Yeah, that could happen. That very well could happen. We'll see. Uh, Justin Harrington becomes Justin the Justified. Drake Stoops <laughs> scores the first touchdown of the year. Canick gets the first sack. Bold prediction one from a 918 listener. Jackson Arnold will play in the first quarter. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Bold prediction two. OU will get at least three interceptions. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Again, turnovers. If you can force turnovers in non-conference play, and you can really rub your opponent's face in it and leave no doubt. Because that was one thing Oklahoma did against Kent State last year, and that was kind of the first real warning sign for this mm-hmm. football team is they throttled UTEP, as they should have. But with Kent State, and even to a certain extent with Nebraska, they kind of played with their food a little uh, for a little too long there. Yeah, I agree. Update on McKinley. Well, Spicoli, you're late to class again. We, uh, you know, once again, we spent an entire segment on McKinley. We'll do that. We'll give you an update when we get back, but there's not enough time in this segment. Uh, but we'll give you an update on Dominic McKinley, and uh, it, it, it appears to be moving in the Sooners' favor. But, again, a very fluid situation. You heard what David Stone said last week, 3 o'clock. Saturday afternoon, it was Miami. Things changed. He committed to the Sooners uh, again a little after, I believe it was like 7.30 or so. So we'll see. All right, keep those texts rolling in, 405 651 34, 39, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Coming right back, more texts, and we will update the uh, Don McKinley, McKinley situation next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, we are back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune. Well, afternoon. We have Eric Bailey coming up next segment, Riverwind Casino Hotline. If you're 40 or older and you're thinking about improving your eyesight, your vision, Let me introduce you to the new LASIK, or as we like to call it, lens replacement. Lens replacement provides a permanent solution to your vision needs. Unlike LASIK, which often leaves uh, patients needing reading glasses or adjusting to monovision, lens replacement can eliminate the need for additional eyewear post-surgery. And here's the best part. With lens replacement, you'll never require cataract surgery. Lens replacement, the new LASIK, it's a major leap forward in vision correction. So if you're ready to see 2020, then check out the new LASIK available at thenewlasik.com. Dr. Bellardo and his team, they are they're the very best. Okay, uh, two bold predictions for the Sooner Saturday. That's the question for hour number two. Back to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Bold prediction. Arkansas State knocks out DG and Jackson Arnold, and Bevel is the starter week two. We we lose the first five games because of that, and all recruits jump ship. Well, that is a bold prediction. That's that's very bold. It fits the bill. Very bold. Uh, Tom in the 918 says, Arkansas State scores a defensive touchdown. The extra point is blocked and ran back for two points. That is a very specific prediction. That is highly specific. specific. Stillwater Sooner says, I heard that Central Arkansas and Arkansas State are sharing a bus on the way to Stillwater slash Norman this Saturday. Really? Is that actually true? Indiana State, I think that was, was that? No, I think it was UTEP. I think Bob's first game was Indiana State, and I believe they showed up on a yellow school bus. Not like 
the Who's Magic Bus or a Greyhound, a yellow school bus. A couple of them. So there you go. I mean, UTEP's not exactly a football powerhouse with. And I believe that was actually ex- Indiana State. Though. Oh, I think really? UTEP, yeah. They should. I mean, Larry Bird's an alum at Indiana State. He should have been able to get them better transportation, right? Larry Joe Bird. What a credit to the human race. From the 405, conspiracy theory. The Big 12 wants a shot at some postseason funding for the conference. That's why Oklahoma was given such a soft schedule and a tough one for Texas. They're banking on us to run the Big 12 and make it to the playoffs. The only reason it wasn't Texas is because of Longhorn Network and everything that transpired after 2012. It was DeLos Dodds and the Longhorn Network that chased away like Nebraska and Tom Osborne. I can still remember Tom Osborne, who was a very patient man and a heck of a football coach and is still with us, by the way. But when you anger Tom Osborne, that's not a good situation. Those were the days, man. Barry versus Tom Osborne. Those were the days. Lloyd from El Reno says, special teams touchdown. You know, since the beginning of the Mule Shoe era, the Sooners have only had two special teams touchdowns. Can you name them? Oh, wow. Is Caleb Kelly involved in one? Caleb Kelly is not involved in one. Um, He had the fumble return against West Virginia. Right. But that was off a strip sack. Okay, give me some hints. Okay, I'll give you a hint. All right. One came courtesy of a guy that played for the University of Oklahoma for six seasons. Not Caleb Kelly, though. Hmm. Six seasons at OU. Six seasons at OU. So that narrows the list substantially. Now, was this like an offensive special teams touchdown or a defensive special teams touchdown? This was... A muffed punt recovered and returned for a score. They're saying Curtis Bolton. Oh, shoot. That Never mind. That makes three. I forgot about Curtis Bolton on the blocked punt. Okay. I was not thinking of either. I, w- I was not thinking of Curtis Bolton on the blocked punt. Um, the ones I was thinking of were Justin Broyles, Bedlam 2021. You remember that one? Why am I drawing a blank on Stillwater, that Stillwater. Muleshoe's last game. I get that that night was kind of a blur, a okay. blur because we all remember what right. happened on Sunday more so than what happened on Saturday. But Justin Broyles had a recovery of a muffed punt for a touchdown in that football game. And that was the and Eric Gray fumble punt too, right? Sooners are kind of in control of the game. Well, not in control, but they were looking pretty good. And then Eric Gray muffed the punt, caught it inside the 10. Yeah, and it was in the same end zone, too. That's right. In the same end zone. And then, of course, no interference call on the last pass. Yeah. And then you have, if you you rewind two more years, the West Virginia game at home in 2019, Austin Stogner recovered a blocked punt for a touchdown. That was his first collegiate touchdown, was a recovery of a blocked punt. I did not even remember that. I guess technically – you could say Zach Schmidt scored a special teams touchdown last year, but obviously that goes down in the books as a passing touchdown for Michael Turk and a receiving touchdown for Zach Schmidt. But there was that touchdown against Iowa State last oh, year. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That was a great call, by the way. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. What else do we have? 
Uh, let's see what else we got. Peyton Bowen returns one for six. Beach bum sooner. That's his bold prediction for uh, for Saturday. Gentry Williams starts and has a pick. OU's defense allows 17 points. Would you consider it a failure if Oklahoma's defense allowed 17 points to Arkansas State? Would you be disappointed by that? Yes, unless it's like a, uh, you know, a somebody fumbles the ball and Arkansas State runs it back for six, you know, or something like that. But, yes, if the 17 points are all given up by the defense, I think 10 or less would be acceptable. But anything above that, it's Arkansas State. Frisco Sooner says, bold prediction, OU runs back a punt and or a kickoff for a touchdown. So there you go. There's the special teams touchdown prediction again. Uh, from the 615, Arkansas State gets booty in the fourth quarter. <laughs> oh, man. Jackson Arnold throws for 200-plus yards, says Ty from Bartlesville. I wonder if that's – I think that's very possible. What do you think? JFA throws for 300-plus, yeah, says a listener 300, in the I don't know if I'm going 300. But I could see, you know, 200-plus for JFA. Tyler from Kellyville – but that's bold. 300 is bold. I'll give you that. Tyler from Kellyville says, my hot take, Jaden Rashada and Arizona State upset the Pokes. Is that Oklahoma State's week one game, Arizona State? No. I, I that is so. week two. Oh, that's week two. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I was confused. I thought they were, yeah, I was like, I thought they were playing Central Arkansas. But yeah, the last time Oklahoma returned a kick for a touchdown, Joe Mixon in 2016. The last time Oklahoma returned a punt for a touchdown, D.D. Westbrook in 2016. Was Mixon in the uh, Texas Tech game? That was in the Ohio State game. The Ohio State game. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. One of the very few shining moments that evening. Very rough night. A listener in the 405 says, McKinley News, please, before I have to run into work. Okay, here's your news. Here's the scoop of John Dominic McKinley. My bad, bad, It is tight. It is tight between Oklahoma and A&M right now. Those are the two schools at the top of the list. Those are the two schools battling it out right now. Just a little over 48 hours to his commitment. I I can't make a definitive call on this one for you right now. This is a battle much like the position battle at cornerback right now that is ongoing. This one is going to drag on, and there might be more clarity by this time tomorrow, but as of right now, I don't know with certainty, and I don't think anybody knows with certainty where Dominic McKinley is going to commit on Friday. OU is in this thing. They've made a surge. It's a full-court press right now between the staff and commits to get him on board. But A&M, they're not going away, and they're not going down without a fight. So there you go. Dominic McKinley scoopage. Uh, Kevin from the 469 says, Dylan Gabriel and JFA combined to pass for one million yards. <laughs> that sounds like a my uncle prediction right there. You know, 94-3 to and Jackson Arnold throws for 850. Sugar Shane in Newcastle says, Dylan throws a pick in the stadium chance. We want Arnold. Well, you never know. I, that could happen. Now, somebody asked an interesting question about McKinley real quickly uh, before we have to get to a break. But how can Oklahoma beat the proximity factor? Because at least there were a couple Texas reporters saying that, you know, um, I think his, you know the family wants to see the games and he, you know, um, College Station is closer than Norman. Um, so we'll see if that's a big factor. 
I don't know that that would be it'd be strange if that was like the deciding factor. Well, but who knows? Generally, with the proximity factor, what you're more worried about is the family being sold than the kid being sold. Dominic McKinley's mom wants him at Oklahoma, and so the proximity thing doesn't really worry me. It comes down to okay, is the kid in his heart going to feel the same way about Oklahoma versus Texas A and M as his mom does? Yeah, so we'll find I, out. Honestly, I don't really think the proximity factor is going to be huge here. I think it's just more going to be about overall comfort and feeling like he fits. And honestly, I, I think there's a lot better of a cultural fit for him at Oklahoma than Texas A&M. I think mom kind of understands that. I'm not so much sure how Dominic perceives it, but the the family seems to favor Oklahoma right now, which is a good sign if you're an OU fan. All right, break time right here, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, 3.30 on Friday, still what we're hearing on McKinley's announcement. 3.30. Yeah, so there you go. You'll know uh, during the rush on Friday. When we get back, Eric Bailey, been covering the Sooners for a long time, doing a great job. Great dude, great reporter. We'll talk what else. Sooner football up next here on The Ref. A classic bumper right there. Derek and the Dominoes. Good stuff. One of the great album covers of all time, too. Another classic joining us right now on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. The one and only Eric Bailey making his second showing on the ref today. That is a very good thing. Eric, thank you for joining us. I want to impart our condolences to you and your family. I know you lost your uh, brother recently and i'm sure a lot of sooner fans are aware of that uh we're praying for you and hope you can find some peace through this clearly you guys were very close i love the uh, the tributes you paid to him on social media with the new york giants figurines and the starting lineup stuff clearly you guys uh, grew up and had a strong love for sports and uh but we feel for you, my man. I know everybody in the uh, on the Oklahoma beat, you know, loves you, the kind of guy you are. So I hope you're uh, able to find some peace through this. But thanks for coming hey, on I with appreciate- us. Hey, I appreciate you mentioning that. Yeah, he was a good guy. He uh, loved sports, loved football, man. Every year we talked football. Uh, he uh, kept up with OU a lot. I mean, he he knew OU football just like I knew OU football. So he really paid attention to the Sooners. He texted me after games. Uh, he he rode he rode the wave just like OU fans uh, the highs the lows everything and not just Oklahoma all the state schools so uh, yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult going through a football season without him but I uh, I know he's in a better place and uh, I really appreciate all my friends and a lot of people reached out uh, during this tough month and uh, so I appreciate you uh, bringing him up uh, to start this segment it, it means a lot and I uh, appreciate all my friends I'll know you beat they did a lot of things it was, it was special uh, it did a scholarship in his name at my alma mater which was which awesome a lot. So yeah that was that was that was big time so uh it really tells me uh, i got a special group of friends and i really appreciate and love all of them there you go all right uh let's talk about this saturday arkansas state three things that you will have your eye on watching the sooners uh play this game saturday eric what would they be parker Steele, you know what <laughs> it's been like this the last decade when we talk about the season opener What's this defense going to show us? You know, every year we we could, you know, even when Coach Deuce was in charge, Coach Riley, and now uh, Coach Venables, what are we going to see out of this defense? Uh, is it going to be better? I think we've said that every year going into the season. Is this defense going to be better? So I think that's number one. What what are we going to see out of this defense? 
Uh, and it's not just game one, it's game three, game five, game nine. Is this going to be a better defense? So I think that's, you know, first and foremost, that's what we're, we're going to, we're going to see what, you know, what's going to happen. What are you going to see out of this defense? Uh, secondly, uh, run game. Uh, who's going to, who's going to run the ball? We, we were surprised by seeing Tawi Walker on the depth chart. Uh, good for him. You know, here's a guy who bet on himself. Here's a guy who's still a walk on. And he bet on himself when he came to Oklahoma, and he's going to get an opportunity to really uh, sh- show his case and show what he can do. And you know, good. You know, here's a guy who bet like again. He bet on himself, and we'll see what he can do. So, and he's going to have a really experienced veteran line to run behind. So, uh, for all these running backs, they're going to have a, an offensive line that you know really has a chance to be as good, or has the potential maybe to be as good as those 2017 and 2018 lines that were really outstanding at Oklahoma. So, you know, these running backs, are, they're young, they're inexperienced, but they have a chance to run behind a veteran line. So we'll see what happens with that run game. And then also the wide receivers. I think that's what we've talked about since Marvin Mims left. Who's going to be the next guy out there that's going to take charge at that position group? Uh, you, you, you have some proven guys like, uh, you know, of course, Drake Stoops, who you, you can count on, sure hands on the team. But who's going to be the, the deep threat? Uh, is it going to be Andre Anthony? Is he going to be the guy that steps in and says, okay, I'm going to take charge? Or is it going to be a guy like L.V. Bunkley Shelton who's going to say, okay, I get my, again, taking a chance to, to make the most of his opportunity? Is he going to be that guy? Or is it going to be someone we don't know about yet? Um, Nick Anderson, I mean, is, is he a guy who's you know healthy and going to go out there and show what he can do? Uh, is it going to be Jaden Gibson who, who wants to prove that he can you know have sure hands and go out there and make plays? He's got the body type. Can he go out there and make plays? So I, there, there's a lot of question marks with that wide receiver group who Jeff Levy says can go six, seven deep. Well, who are those six, seven guys that can go out there and make plays? So a lot of questions, and I think we have questions every year. Number one question for me, again, it's the same question we had over the last decade, is this defense going to be better? Eric, I think plenty of people, understandably, were somewhat taken aback yesterday when they see the depth chart come out, and it's not Gavin Sawchuk and Javante Barnes that are listed as co-starters at running back, but Marcus Major and Tawi Walker. And does that kind of illustrate a greater reality that this game and to a larger extent non-conference play is really a prove-it opportunity, a proving ground, if you will, for guys whose opportunities the rest of the way might be dictated by what they do or don't do when there isn't as much on the line? I think so. I mean, yeah, I I think, you know, let's see what this depth chart looks like when you go to Cincinnati. Uh, we're going to see after these first three games, non-conference games, uh, the cream will rise to the crop. You'll, you'll, you know, I, I really think that DeMarco Murray will see who he can count on, who he can depend on, who's going to really uh, make the plays and do the most. I mean, Gavin Salchuk, he got his opportunity in that game against Florida State, and you know what? He ran for 100 yards. Uh, you know, we know what he can do. He, he When he made the most of his opportunity, we keep I keep saying that, and that's what Salchuk did in the bowl game. Uh, I think when when we get through these first three non-conference games, we'll get an idea of which one of these uh, running backs can really make plays. And we haven't even talked about the freshmen. You know what what the, the you know Smothers and those guys can do. You know, will there be some games opportunities for them to get some carries too later on? We'll see that as well. But um, I you know we already know what Barnes and Sawcheck have the potential to do too, and I think we'll get a chance to see them too. So it'll be interesting when we go to Cincinnati and see the Big 12 play start. What this depth chart looks like in Game Four. Eric Bailey with us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline right here on the home of Silver Fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, Eric, let's talk about newcomers. Uh, early in the season, which portal guy will have the biggest impact and which true freshman do you think will have the biggest impact early in the year? 
you know, uh, Rondell Bothroyd, I think everyone, just what Brent Venable said about him, here's a guy, Wake Forest, been five years at Wake Forest. You know, it's funny, we had a chance to talk to him yesterday. You know, Parker was out there as well post-practice. Bothroyd, uh, guy spent five years at Wake Forest, and I kind of teased him. I asked him, who would have thought when he was out of high school that he'd end up at Oklahoma in year six? You know, no one expects to play six years of college football, let alone uh, go to Oklahoma in year six. And I said, did you know about Oklahoma when you get to high school? He said, oh, yeah. I said, well, what did you know about Oklahoma when you thought Oklahoma football going to high, out of high school? What did you think? He said, Baker Mayfield. He was a legend. So that's how long he's been around football. He remembers Baker Mayfield running, <laughs> running around at, at OU. But I think Rondell Bothroyd, you're looking at a guy who uh, who's almost has 50 games experience coming here. And uh, Brent Venables mentioned it. He, he's a guy who recognized plays. He, 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 can, he, he knows coverages. He, he can read plays well. He's that experience factor that you really, really need at that position. And, and he's going to bring a lot to the table from the portal. I think there's a lot of portal guys. And, and Oklahoma did really good in the portal this year when you think about Trace Ford and guys like that. Uh, Jacob Lacey, uh, guys like John Terry, guys that on that on that defensive front that are really going to make them, gave them depth thing at a, at a position of need. Uh, there's a lot of portal guys that are just going to help that front. That's going to be big. So I think that's big. But I think Rondell Bothroyd is the biggest one. That's that's the biggest area among the portal guys. Now freshmen, of course, Jackson Arnold. That's the easy answer. Uh, you know, of course, he's not a starter, but he's the guy everyone's anxious to see play. I think that's one. The one player is the easy answer, uh, Peyton Bowen. I, I just think, you know, not on, you know, I think I'm excited to see him on the field, but where I'm excited to see him play is in the, in the return game. I want to see the football in his hands. I'd love to see him return a couple kicks because, you know, we've seen in high school how dynamic he can be with the ball in his hands. I want to see an opportunity to, to see him make plays with the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, they talked about Peyton Bo- or Billy Bowman and how, you know, we saw how dynamic he is with the ball in his hands. We also saw him get hurt with the ball in his hands, too. Uh, I'd like to see Peyton Bowen return some kicks, too. Uh, and that, that's one player that I'd, I'd like to see, uh, you know, not only in defense, but return kicks. And, and also, uh, P.J. Adebore. I'm going to learn how to say his name. I'm, I'm trying to figure out Adebore. Pretty good. Uh, not bad. Is it, am I close? <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Eric. I've known and covered the kid for almost two years now, and I'm not even sure I know the right answer. So you're not alone. <laughs> P.J. works, PJ. right? PJ, I just say PJ. I want to see him, and it was funny. I forgot which teammate of his said said it though. His length reminds him of the movie Avatar, with how long his leg, his <laughs> arms are. And uh, he's a guy. I think you know he'll get it. He's young. Uh, I think you might see him early in the season. You may you may see him just in, in in third down situations or special situations. But you know what? He's a guy that later on you probably won't be able to keep him off the field because he's going to be such a dynamic player. So those are those are three players that I'm kind of anxious to see as freshmen to go out there and be impacts for this team. Eric, what do you think is the bigger feel-good story coming out of camp? Is it Tawi Walker being named a co-starter in a very deep running back room as a walk-on in his second year with the program? Or is it Justin Harrington and the redemption arc of his career? You know, Justin Harrington, is that's a great storyline because here's a young man who – you know, he almost left the program and then really had to fight his way back on the team, you know, talking to Brent Venables. And Brent Venables gave him an opportunity to come back to the team and then working his way back and playing different positions and then just working his way back and getting a role in this cheetah position in Brent Venables' defense. And now having the respect of his teammates and having the respect of Venables and really being a leader on this defense, that's an amazing story in itself. And he's ready to, to be a factor on this defense. And, you know, we had an opportunity to talk to him this week. And he's, re- he's embraced this role 
so heartily, and that, that and we've seen his skill set. We know he, you know, it, it, it's really feels like it just feels like it's time for him to have that breakout year. It's just time for him to do it, and that's the thing. Uh, and, and if you're an Oklahoma fan, you got to be excited for his potential and what what level he can reach. And we talked about uh, Tawi and, and betting on himself and being a JUCO guy. And you know, when you're a JUCO guy, uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, think about you know your the dorms you live in and the little things you have. You 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 don't have anything when you're a JUCO, and then you go to Oklahoma. And you know you're, you're on Saturday running out on the field in front of eighty thousand people. You know that's that's night and day with what you have, the resources you have, and that's an amazing, an amazing story in itself. Another feel good story that I I'm really impressed with is Gentry Williams. Here's a guy. You know, last spring, you know, you didn't know. You know, one day scary you don't know deal, yeah, career, yeah. You don't know what his football career is going to be like. You don't know if he's going to play football again ever in his life. And just the resilience to fight back and overcome adversity. Have a great uh, summer summer conditioning. Have a great fall camp, and now he's atop the depth chart at cornerback. Now, you know, will he be starting quarterback all season? Uh, you know, we never know because it sounds like that competition is going to go all season long. But you know, for for week one, the first depth chart to be atop it, uh, that's an amazing story in itself too. And good for Gentry; he deserves a pat on the back for fighting through that adversity and overcoming what happened last spring to be where he's at. So there's still good stories all throughout this depth chart, and those three are three that I'm really impressed with. Eric Bailey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he pulled an Ernie Banks today. He played two. Nine o'clock hour <laughs> on the Plank Show and on with us. And as always, great information. Eric, we appreciate your time so much. We will do it again soon. Thank you. Steely, Parker, it's good to talk to you guys. You guys have a good week, okay? You as well. Eric Bailey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's take a time out right here. We'll get to as many texts as we can when we get back. You guys are being patient today. We appreciate it. We'll rush right into the break, ladies and gentlemen, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. want to thank our friends at Riverwind Casino. They really are simply the best. If you haven't seen the upgraded uh, gaming floor and uh, some of the renovations over at Riverwind, they are spectacular. That new video screen is unbelievable outdoors. The uh, new gaming floor looks better than ever, and they did a great, great job. Riverwind Casino, the best, just got better. Skyloft gaming area. They still have nearly three thousand electronic gaming machines all of your favorite table games as well they've got the best bars and dining the coupe ale house bar they've got uh, chips and ales the river buffet a tremendous food court as well that's also been renovated and it looks unbelievable they really have a big time hotel attached to the casino and they always have the best promotions like the new member seven where you can earn up to 450 dollars in one day by signing up for a a standard riverwind wild card that's going to serve you well in great promotions that they feature every month. And this month, it's a 50K Harvest Winnings promotion. Get out there, play with your wild card every day, particularly if you can Monday and Tuesday when they give away the extra entries, five times entries on your wild card for every five points. Be out there every Saturday night in September. Preliminary drawing, 7 to 11.30. Two winners drawn out every half hour to win a bunch of cash and bonus play. Grand prize drawings later in the evening. On Saturday night, when two winners are going to get at least $1,000 in cash or bonus play. From our friends at Riverwind Casino, Justin, Reed, everybody. Colin just went to Windstar, did a fabulous job. Colin, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to shake your hand and tell you goodbye. But 
What a great job you did over there as well. Enjoyed working with you through the years, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon. But uh, Justin Yohola, big-time Sooner fan, uh, big listener here, and just an overall great guy, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate my professional relationship with Riverwind. It's it's big time. Okay, let's get some texts in before we get out of here. Locked in, coming up here in about uh, five or six minutes. From our From one of our Missouri listeners. Hey, Steel Man, next year when we make the move to the SEC, as you all know, a week before the game, all these websites post pictures of former players days away from kickoff. How about going back in the archives of Uncle's greatest pregame moments the week of either opening week or opening conference game? My favorite was A&M in 2003. Bold score prediction, 70-3, to <laughs> missing it by a handful of points. Oh, man. I I think I have an old uncle bit saved somewhere. Not me, but I, my friend uh, Lump, David Hernandez, who's in Baltimore now, working with the Ravens Radio Network, doing all their production and for a big uh, rock station in Baltimore. I think he's got him. We might be able to bring back a classic Stoops Thanksgiving, perhaps. Ooh. Not in, You know, there's still voices. I would need Lump. I would need Curtis. Um, we kind of shared all the voices on that, but I could probably dig one up. Uh, Lump probably has one. Maybe we can do that around Thanksgiving. Given how much – this is actually from another listener in Missouri. Given how much A&M spent on the defensive line with young guys last year, wouldn't the path to instant playing time for McKinley be much less resistant at OU? Uh, yes. Yes, it would be. I mean, look, and I, I hate to put it in these terms, but – if you're looking for the path of least resistance when it comes to playing time, right now that's Oklahoma more so than it is Texas A&M. Because A&M, look, none of those guys have been developed, but A&M is chock full of five-star defensive linemen right now. They got no shortage of formerly elite recruits at defensive tackle and defensive end. There are boatloads of them. Stillwater Sooner says, extremely bold prediction. Nevada will score 28-plus on Mule Shoe. Too much hot yoga for USC. <laughs> well, uh, Alex Grinch was already in the hot seat, and now he, he's in a blazing hot seat after week one against San Jose State. From the 405, wait. We have a five-star mom that wants OU unheard of. It really is. OU and moms might be the the most heated new rivalry of OU's SEC era. Uh, Don in Tulsa says, bold prediction, JFA throws his first touchdown to Josh Fanuel, and Tawi Walker scores on a 38-yard touchdown run. Did Josh Fanuel had one in the spring game, didn't he? I don't – did he? I thought he Blake did. Blake Smith did, I Blake know Blake Smith had the one-handed, you know, walking tall, uh, one-handed, uh, I've got the other arm in a cast catch. But I thought Fanuel had maybe one. Fanuel but maybe Fanuel did. Maybe he did. Somebody will let us know on the text line because you got 9 million brilliant minds out there. Yeah, Lloyd from El Reno says, what is the record for sacks in a game for OU? That would be another bold prediction. You know what that is offhand? I don't. Is the media guide out yet? Not yeah, out it yet? actually is. Wait, I have it in my backpack. There you go. go I'll get pull that. it out. I'll get go you an answer. grab your uh, backpack and you'll have an answer for, for us on Locked In. All right, thank you to everybody for all the text today. He did, says uh, the 918-405-651. Gunny, yeah, maybe we could use your voice.